1: My entire like my entire high school career, I had um, I pretty much based my not personality, but uh, who I kind of was on my sports and on my performance there. But um, this previous year, as most of you know, as I broke my foot and broke my shoulder socket, left me out this entire last school year, which just it I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. This because that's what I've been gripping on to my entire past four seven years so when that happened I just fell into a pretty big depression and then coming into NYC um the first service was uh I didn't know it at the time and about how much is connected to my life but it talked about how like gripping on to uh gripping on other things other than God and how it can just make your life feel constricted uh, and how finally letting go you can finally then feel God. And it was just, it was an amazing service that I didn't know connected to me at the time. But then uh, coming to around the third service, um, there was one thing that hit me abnormally hard, and that was a reference to Titanic. Uh, because uh, they were basically explaining how on the lower levels, of the Titanic, they knew what was going on. They could see the trouble that was coming up. But on the surface, you can show that everything's fine. And you don't wanna just have a surface level connection with God and uh, not, not until you let God see those deeper levels or you show God those deeper levels that you actually are able to be changed because everyone can show a surface level um but basically later on that day um, we were on the ground floor and they were doing worship music with they did three songs in a row and then five songs in a row and just not leaving time to uh, for the applause and to think about yourself and to think about anything other than God and just hearing the words of 10,000 people around you that that alone is amazing but, I, I found in myself that I, I needed to be quiet. I needed to not stop singing, in, to, in order to feel the actual full effect of God. And once I was quiet, and they didn't, and they didn't, and there wasn't room for inter, uh, interruptions in the power of God, then and I I had put my hands out. I I had them up, but my arms got tired, so I had to put them down because, of course, my arm isn't as strong as it used to be. And I felt. I felt this tingling warmth. It wasn't numb, but it was, uh, like emulating pressure on my hand. It's the most amazing experience I've ever had. I couldn't move my hand up or down, I couldn't move it side to side. But instinctively, without even trying, my hand closed on it, and I felt God hold my hand. And he didn't hold it on my right side, my strong side, He' hold it on my weak side, the side I've had all my problems on, the side that I've had over a year of PT on. God grab, God held me in my weakness and gave me uh, two, two, three more days of NYC to realize just how good he is. I really enjoyed NYC. I liked the music, and I met some really great people. But the thing that stuck out to me the most is during my time at NYC, it cemented my plans for the future and my call to ministry. And it was at that time at NYC where I signed up for a camp called The Call, where I will explore my call to ministry. Thank you for supporting us and praying for us.
0: Okay, so hopefully I got some of my tears out during our prayer this morning and I can just keep talking to you right now. But we had a fantastic week at NYC. Obviously, you can see uh, stories from Andy and from Kaylin about some of the life change that happens there. Um, I'm going to, I can talk about NYC for 10, 15 minutes probably, but I'm going to let our students continue to do the talking this morning. I had a few of our other students uh, submit written uh, reflections on their week. And so I just want to share a couple of those short reflections with you this morning. Connor Harding said, I had a great experience at NYC. I enjoyed meeting different people from all over the Michigan district. I really enjoyed the worship music. Most of the speakers, most of the speakers were really good. One thing that really resonated with me was when Lamoris Crawford said, don't let other people's opinion of you become your reality. You have to live in God's reality. That really impacted me because I worry too much about what other people think of me. And I want to remember that I'm living my life to please God and not to please others. Some of the best memories I'll remember will be the late nights in hotel room, how good the music was, with everyone jumping and singing, making a few new friends, and the creation of the orb. You'll have to ask him what the orb is. Um, Isabella Jimenez said, NYC was a great experience. We got to sing lots of songs and hear lots of good sermons. My favorite was a lady who talked about letting go of unrealistic expectations you or other people have for yourself. To stop worrying about what other people think and just focus on yourself. Bree Van Lent. My experience at NYC was much more, much more enjoyable than I even expected it to be. I went in with some doubts, not knowing what I got myself into, but I'm so glad that I was proven wrong. I was able to grow closer to and build better friendships with my church family, with God, and myself. The singers and the speakers were filled with so much energy, passion, and excitement, which made worshiping a lot of fun and engaging. Emma Miller, I honestly had no idea what to expect from this event. I was praying for weeks before I went that God would work in my life and in my friend's life. He uh, showed up and answered a prayer to one of my friends, and God answered a second prayer for my second friend. I prayed that God would use MYC to move them in a powerful way that no human being could possibly do, and God answered that prayer as well. God knew that I wouldn't go into this week asking for things to be done for me, but instead for people I love, and I feel that he used those answers to prayer to get to me as well. At the end of NYC, I definitely felt my relationship with Jesus Christ had been strengthened tenfold And I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to go to this amazing event Luke Miller, after hearing all the preachers at NYC, I came to see God in a new aspect They described God like water and that without water, there would be no life They also described how we find our identity and what we do our successes, and our failures. When we fail, we believe that we're not good enough. And with our successes, we become blind to realize our identity should be in God. Church. Our church is full of incredibly young people. And they're not just the church of tomorrow. They're the church of right now. And so I just want to say there's something powerful about uh, worshiping with 10,000 students, as they said. It's It's incredible. Uh, to hear that many people worshiping God and knowing that there's a group of young people in our world that wants to love God, that wants to love others, and wants to overflow into their world as well. And so it's hard to leave an event like that not being encouraged about the future of the church. And so I hope that you are. And I just want to thank you so much for the way that you prayed for our students, the way that you invested, the way that you gave sacrificially, so that events like NYC can happen. And that you get to look back and see the transformation that happens. So thank you so much. Thank you for investing in our students and for believing in our young people.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah, to be young again. And to know that the Holy Spirit has uh, come down on our youth and, and during this event. And I'm... Uh, it's... Uh, Let me get everything ready here. (laughs) Yes, that's great news. You know, uh, when I hear the word gate, what comes to my mind for some reason, I like to say it's Jesus. But when I first hear the word gate, I think about the airport for some reason. How many of you love to try to make it to the gate at the airport? <laughs> Amen? I mean, I, Jesus, I'm sorry, but when I hear gate, I'm thinking about the airport. And sometimes when I think about it, unpleasant thoughts come next. I've got to get got to get to the gate. I got to get to the gate i do not want to miss a Oh, and we got to... Do what? Go through security. I can remember a time when all you needed to get on a plane at the airport was a ticket. That's it. Buy a ticket, go to the gate, get on the plane. Simple, right? How many of you remember that? wasn't wasn't too, too long ago. Yet today we must go through security and be screened. And this process is managed by the TSA, right? We know them. you got to go through all that before you can even go to the gate. Like it or not, for more than 20 years now, we've been doing this. This access to the gates have been controlled by individuals that their purpose in life is to keep us safe. Amen? That's their purpose, whether you like it or not. One of the craziest things that the TSA has seen is someone trying to get through the security and carry onto the plane a fully gassed up power chainsaw. Yeah, carry on baggage. I mean, what can you say? I don't know what they were going to do with that. The second craziest thing was someone tried to take on the airplane is a dead relative in a wheelchair. <laughs> they wanted to avoid paying the fee for transporting a body. How about this? A man brought seven pounds of chocolate covered heroin bars encased in candy wrappers to look like a Hershey's chocolate bar. Don't buy those for your s'mores. Or, how about this? A woman who hid 75 snakes in her underclothes. No way. I can't even get a visual on that. And I don't want to. Let alone what it might feel like. These are true now. In another instance, a woman from Thailand flying from Bangkok thought that disguising her drug tiger cub among stuffed animal toys would fool the agents. I think that cub must have woke up. Other disgusting finds include reptiles and insects of all sorts, a baby alligator, and even a frozen monkey head. Imagine checking that baggage. Wow. See, gates are meant to protect. That's what they do. That's one thing they do. Gates protect This gate here that you're looking at, it should be my grand, yep, there he is, my, our grandson Shawnee, who's now 13. Uh, the gate was to protect him and keep him out of trouble. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Gates also prohibit access to things or places. This gate here is in the Hoover Dam. We took this picture one of the three or four times we visited the Hoover Dam. And they don't want you in those tunnels. And that's probably a good thing. Gates also are used to control animals. In our message today, Jesus will use the role uh, of a shepherd to show the Pharisees and the other religious leaders how that they have failed to lead the people of God towards the salvation, the freedom and the hope offered by loving and forgiving God. Shepherding would have been very familiar to them. They a great example in Jesus' day. I mean the Israelites would have been complete they would have completely understand how that the gate is so important to both the shepherd and the sheep. I mean, this is in their DNA to shepherd animals. Abraham was a shepherd, and his son Isaac was a shepherd. And Jacob was a shepherd, and even Moses was a shepherd. Of course, King David was a shepherd boy. Please turn in your Bibles, whatever form you want to use today, to John chapter 10. And uh, we'll be getting to that in a moment, but uh, I'll be using the NIV. So if you want to just follow on the screen, you can do that as well. Uh, that's what I'll use today. But first, leading up to our passage, we will find Jesus in Jerusalem. And he is teaching not only the disciples, he's always teaching them, but he would also teach the religious leaders and uh, the teachers of the law, if they would listen to him. And some of the religious leaders are wanting Jesus to be arrested. (laughs) That's what they want. For his so-called miracle healings that he's been doing in the name of Yahweh, in the name of God. In one of these healings, a man blind from birth is given his sight by Jesus. And though the Pharisees attempt to trap Jesus or to trip him up into saying something that they can use against him, Jesus just simply says this to them. He speaks this truth saying, for judgment... I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. You see, Jesus came so that the people could see the truth about God. In other words, who he is. And consequently, the presence of Jesus, the light of truth, reveals the spiritual blindness of those who think. They can see God. Jesus seemingly changes the subject, though, when he goes on to explain to the Pharisees about how the thieves and robbers climb over the fence of the sheepfold. And they snatch those unsuspecting sheep away from the fold. Jesus goes on to explain that in contrast, the shepherd Of those sheep, those same sheep, he goes through the gate. The sheep recognize his voice. They come to him. And they follow him out of the sheepfold. The Pharisees who are listening to Jesus, they don't quite understand. They don't get his point. I mean, what's sheep and robbers got to do with this? And yet Jesus is trying to open their eyes. The, the eyes, He wants to open their eyes to their failure in shepherding, protecting, and nurturing the people. They are like the thief and the robber. That's what he's trying to say. Now we pick up this account reading from John chapter 10. And since we are reading from the gospel, uh, I'll let you stretch a little bit by standing up if you can, if, if you're able to. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to read this to you, beginning in verse 7. It's a short passage. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out. And go out and find pasture. Verse ten. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. May God God bless the reading of his words. You may be seated. You see, Jesus Jesus realized the Pharisees couldn't grasp that their behavior and their practices as religious leaders and teachers are leaving the people to be led astray. To be led astray by false teachings. And self-serving religious uh, leaders. I mean, they are the thieves and the robbers (laughs) that Jesus is talking about. The Pharisees don't have a shepherd's heart Towards the people that they're supposed to be leading to God. In God's way. And so the contrast is clear. Unlike the Pharisees. Who are self-centered. And focused on their own enrichment. Jesus labors to be the gateway. And shepherd of his people. One commentary writer says it best. That Jesus is sheep Centered, And again, the Pharisees don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it that Jesus is sheep centered and they have failed to lead the people towards the salvation, the freedom and the hope offered by a forgiving and loving God. They, you know, they were supposed to protect and nurture uh, the people. Nothing was supposed to get to the sheep without going through the shepherd first. In fact, the shepherd would lay down his life for those sheep. And Jesus, the Son of God, has come to show what it looks like to protect and nurture the sheep, God's people, in His way. In verse 7, Jesus tells them, these are happy sheep. Jesus tells them, and tells us today, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. In other words, Jesus is the perfect example of what a shepherd should be to the flock. He's sheep centered. Ah, right? I mean, I'm trying to help the sheep here. but And today, we, we see him as the gate to the kingdom of God. And I believe that we all have a mission Even a call to share his message with this community here, with our families, with our friends, our co-workers. The list could go on and on, but you get what I'm saying here. The good news message is for everyone. And in his book, uh, which explores who Jesus is, Pastor Greg Matt, he says this, I am changes who I am. What Jesus does changes what I do. So you see, church, who Jesus is changes who you are. And thus we must share who Jesus is with those who don't know. They don't get it yet. This is who we are. We are to be Christ to others. Amen. That's who we are to be. And our identity in Christ comes with a message. A message for the world that we live in. And for the time I have left this morning, and I'm going to move right along, I want to brief, I want to briefly place on your hearts, on your minds this message that we have for this community Or these families that we share and friends and even enemies and others in our community. And I think it's important to realize something about the world that we live in. This this community that we live in, the people that we see every day. I think there's something we need to realize about them. Dr. David Busick He shared an eye-opening message during our recent district assembly. If you were there or if you've seen it online, you'll know what I'm talking about. Now I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He said something that really stuck with me. He he talked about, he illustrated that in 1964, eight out of ten people who would come and visit our church Eight out of just ten people. He said that eight out of the ten, I'm trying to get it straight here. I'm looking at my notes. Eight out of ten of those people that came to visit our church would be receptive to the gospel in 1964. But today, it's two out of ten who are receptive. Two out of ten of just, just taking a pick of visitors who are receptive to the gospel. Folks, this is the world we live in. And we need to reach them for Christ. Notice Jesus tells the Pharisees in verse 9. I am the gate Whoever enters through me will be what? Saved. saved. Church, we are called to tell that Jesus is the gate of salvation. The Greek word for saved is sozo. And it can have different meanings. But in this passage, sozo means to be delivered or pardoned. To know Jesus and come in through Him is to be saved, to be delivered. In other words, it means to be pardoned from the penalty or the cost of sin, even now. And we learned last Sunday from Dr. Tim Gaines, because he talked about sin in his message. He says, this is sin. Whatever pulls us away from the life-giving communion with a God who has given us life. That's sin. If it pulls us away from God. He also brought out that 90% of our society that we, we live, this, this world we live in, 90% think, they, they think they're a good person. They do. Thus our call today is not, only, is not to change our message, but our call is to have a relationship with this community. Have a relationship with others and spread God's love. And I believe in that folks today are seeking answers to why things happen in their lives, as well as looking for a purpose. And I think they also want to know that someone cares about them. Again, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, delivered, pardoned. It seems appropriate to me, I think at this point in my message to look at the 23rd Psalm. And hear the words of the shepherd boy, David. He wrote this. He's, in verse 1, he said, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack what? Nothing. Nothing. Wow. I mean, I don't need anything else. Just my shepherd. Jumping down to verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, we see here that not even Satan can overpower Jesus. The gate of salvation. Church, this is, this is the truth. And this truth should strengthen our faith in Christ today. The commentary writer reminds us that we are not only delivered safely... We are kept safe by the shepherd. We are kept safe. Thus we can say, I will not be afraid. That's what David says. I will fear no evil. This great salvation changes me and changes you. Thus we are all compelled to share this salvation, this great truth, about the gate of salvation with this community with others again i am changes who i am what jesus does changes what i am to do notice jesus said in that in the latter half of verse 9 in john chapter 10 because I am the gate, they will come in and go out and find pasture. Church, we must realize that Jesus is not only the gate of salvation, but he is the gate of freedom. We have freedom. We, we sang that today in the song. Jesus' name is freedom. Church, we must realize that. He is the gate of freedom as well. And in my way of thinking, the words spoken by Jesus here remind me of the freedom we have uh, from the power of sin. We have power. (laughs) We have power through Jesus against the power of sin as we serve Christ. In other words, we can come in and go out and find pasture for sheep to find pasture Is to find life, to find nourishment, to find strength. You see, as we abide or live in Christ, we experience an ongoing deliverance from the power of sin. I'm not talking about the power. I'm not talking about a freedom from problems. No, I'm talking about a freedom from sin through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in us, we can experience what it means to come in and go out and find pasture. I have power over sin because of the Holy Spirit in me. And as we live day to day in Christ, our shepherd, we, we call this holiness. Holiness, holiness. This is what the song says. holiness. Holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness, is what you want from me. This is the message we are to share with our world today. Our world today is afraid. you know that? They're afraid. They're weary. They're perplexed as well. And they're hurting. Again, the psalmist helps us grasp what it means to experience real freedom in Christ. David writes this. He says in verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And in that, verse 5, he says he writes this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You see, the, the psalmist speaks about the Rest in the peace of this freedom in Christ. But he also informs us in verse 5 that the enemy is still present in this life. He's in here this morning. Believe it or not. Satan's here. The enemy's here. He's not sitting next to you now if you're sitting next to someone. but But he is here. That's what David is reminding us. That tells me, this freedom here on earth depends on my willingness to be changed by who Jesus is. He has changed you and me. Why wouldn't we share this with others? Freely. Finally, I want to proclaim that Jesus is also the gate of hope. In this passage, Jesus compares himself with the Pharisees, the robbers, the thieves. And he says their purpose, he says their purpose has become one of self centeredness. Yet Jesus came so that we could not only be saved, but freed. And we can also have hope. Of an abundant life. A full life. Jesus says in verse 10, Because I am the gate, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This life to the full is our hope, church. The commentary writer refers to this, this as abundant life. Uh, in the fullness of love. And it's backed by a promise to lead and guide us in a way that makes us right with God in this life. Again, the Holy Spirit is the deposit, the assurance of this hope, both now and for eternity. Amen? Wow. David sums this up in in the 23rd Psalm. When he writes this, verse 3, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And then in verse 6, he, he writes this Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord how long? Forever and ever and ever and ever. Yes, Jesus is the gate of God's salvation. He's the gate of freedom, and He is the gate of hope. A hope of a life lived to the full. An abundant life in the fullness of love. Now and for eternity. As we close our time together, Here's the question for us today. Do we see Jesus for what and who He really is? That's a question for you and for me. Do I see Jesus for what and who He really is? And if we do, if you do, What are you going to do about it? That's the question for us today. It's a challenge, isn't it? What are you going to do about it? I want to ask, is there someone in your life right now that you've been praying for or thinking about their salvation? Is there someone in your life that's a family member, a friend at work, An acquaintance? doesn't matter. Is there someone that you have been praying about their salvation? If so, raise your hand this morning. I've got to raise both of mine. And if I had five more, I'd raise them. Go ahead. Yeah, I see that. Someone that you know needs salvation. They need freedom. They need hope. I want to pray for them. Right now, before we close. I'm going to pray for that person that you know needs salvation. And I want you to help me pray for them. And you can do it from right there where you're sitting. You can come up to these altars. You can do anything. You can get out and lay on the floor if you want. But I want to pray for them right now as the benediction of this service. Because that's what we've been talking about. Amen? salvation and now is the time I, I, I hope I have this attitude and it's coming across to you right now that I, this is urgent I don't know how much time we have Jesus says we're going to be surprised no matter what <laughs> when he shows up so I want to pray I want to pray for them now and let's call on the Lord right now. However you want to do it. Just, and you can pray out loud or you can just pray quietly. You see, He is our defense, our one defense, our righteousness today. And here's our cry. Oh, Lord. Oh, how we need You. Right now, Lord, we need You. Oh, Father, we come in the name of your son, Jesus, the, the name that is brings salvation, the name that brings freedom and the name that brings hope, the name that allowed the Holy Spirit to come and be inside of us, to guide us, to lead us, to help us to share your wonderful salvation with that person or persons that I've been praying for, Lord, that each and every one of us have been praying for. Oh, Lord, I I know who's on my mind. Someone I love so much. Lord, I want them to know this salvation. I love her. She's my daughter. I want her, Lord, to go through this gate go through you that she could know salvation freedom and hope Lord something she doesn't have she's afraid not praying for each and every loved one that, or even an acquaintance a friendship that's on the minds and hearts of everyone in this room it's urgent Lord you are our hope and stay. We truly believe that we're, sin runs deep. Lord, Your grace is more. The song tells us. You tell us. Your Word tells us. And thus today we lift up that person or persons in our life who need Your mercy and grace right now. And help us, Lord, to see them. as We always cry for this. To see them the way You see them. To love them to know what they need. Help us to minister to those who want to know You, Lord. And help us to minister to those who need to know You. We'd be careful to ask all these things today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, Pastor Kyle is here. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Ray. Amen. Jesus is the gate to the kingdom. The gate is open, but we help others find it. That's our call this morning. Thank you for sharing with us from the scriptures this morning, Pastor Ray. You're not going to want to miss the next couple weeks at Cross Community. Next week, Brian Robbins is going to be with us. Brian is a pastor in Vicksburg at Chapnaz. Uh, He's a good friend of mine, and he has a passion for Jesus and a gift uh, to communicate the message of Jesus, so you're not going to want to miss that. And then the week after that, Dr. Jeff Stark is going to be with us. I am currently reading um, one of Dr. Stark's books right now. It is phenomenal. Uh, He is a missional theologian and a professor at Olivet Nazarene University, where he focuses on the intersection of culture and faith and so i'm thrilled that we get to host him here at cross community that's quite a privilege so don't miss the next two sundays at c3 nas they're going to be phenomenal Uh, would you stand with me this morning as i send you out with blessing may the god of hope fill you with all joy and his peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit Go as peace. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.